I slide Prince's back inside. I will always want more of him. I miss him. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Sweet Prince. I love him, man. So, Nicole. Yes, Pam. <laughs> that redacted is uh, very much uh, in a time capsule. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. I wanted to make sure I was reading that right. Um, and the reason for that, of course, is that this week we are doing a little bit of um, excavation, uh-huh, uh-huh. a tiny amount of archaeological digging. <laughs> yes. We are looking to find perfectly preserved uh, urns and pottery <laughs> and maybe cave art. Yes. <laughs> hieroglyphics that will point us in the direction of the origins of why you're such a thirsty <laughs> scholar. <laughs> Am I correct? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what we're going to do today. Um, Amazing. <laughs> I'm a little scared because I always end up revealing more about myself than I anticipated. Um, Listen, the thing is, Nicole, you once wrote a drabble. I think the listeners recall it as one of the finest things you've ever written. And that's saying a lot because you've written a lot of excellence. Ah. But the, the Jake Drabble, oh, I think, yeah. was a masterclass in Revelation. And all I can say is when you reveal, you enrich <laughs> us. So I'm very excited. Thank you. I appreciate that. I still feel, you know, embarrassment already. But, you know, let's just push through. Let's push through. <laughs> Isn't that the motto of 2020? Let's push through. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about, um, I guess, the realizations that come for many of us um, when we reach a certain part of childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see it a lot on places like Tumblr, where people will hashtag a post and they'll say something like, this is when I knew I was gay. Mm. This is when I knew I was straight, blah, blah, blah. And I have, you know, I literally went through my Tumblr and I've used that often. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is something to be said for a moment when, even if you don't have a full understanding of sexuality or orientation, you begin to kind of piece together, oh, I think I like this. Mm-hmm. And we've spoken about this in previous episodes, and that has come for you, I think, at different ages. But some things really kind of cement like a feeling of like, that's the one. Yeah, so I'm going to start with my most obvious and uh, <laughs> enduring uh, building block, shall we say, and that, and that is Prince. Um, Listen, <laughs> I just love him so much. And I, I know you do. I miss Your him every right day. Now. Your cheeks are like full <laughs> apples right now. You are so happy to be talking about Prince. Um, yeah, because I remember the first time that I saw him, uh, I recognized him as who he was. I was about hmm, six, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Um, MTV was popping at the time, you know. <laughs> wow, auntie. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, just in case there was any doubt, I am solidly Gen X. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he was performing I Want to Be Your Lover. It was the video. <laughs> music videos weren't necessarily very elaborate right so it was just him and you know backlit by a a very bright light 
and he's just dancing by himself and he's flinging his hair he's bare chested so tell me before you go any further tell me about the hair because that to me is maybe my favorite look of princes yes. it's so him yes so his hair is um blown out straight and it's not like a dry bar look what we call it for today you know whatever but it's just a um you know prince has some kink to his hair and you uh-huh. know it's hot so it's like a very fuzzy kind of straight look you know yes. but it's still this wild mane that framed his face and it was just like you know for me as a little girl in the south I was just like, men aren't supposed to have long hair like that, right? Because that's not really what I was seeing and what I was told that men should look like at that time, you know? So I was right. very confused about, one, why this man had long hair, and two, why I was so fascinated by it, because I uh-huh. I loved all of that hair. I was, you know, he was bare-chested, or maybe he had a scarf around, I can't remember, but I remember seeing... <laughs> You know, the curl, his curly chest hair. He had a little bird chest, but it was a strong bird chest. There you go. <laughs> Yet more building blocks. I love it. So, hang on, let me tick this off. Long hair, check. <laughs> strong bird chest, check. Carry on. Um, and he had a single hoop earring in his ear, which would come back yeah. into my life a little later in high school or whatever. I remember the story. <laughs> I love it. You told it before, yes. but I want to hear yes. it again. So he was just fascinating. And he was just, you know, dancing by himself. He was very much into his own groove. And he, clearly he was his own person. And that I remember just standing in front of the TV, um, you know, and it was one of those big, huge monster things, right? That like, took up you know a quarter of the room and um you know when it went out you would just put a tablecloth on top of it and put the new tv on top of it because it was just too unwieldy and too heavy to move it was one of those big old tvs so I so um i just remember standing in front of that and being like who is that and of course you know MTV would have the little credits that would pop up in the lower left side of the screen. So I stayed to make sure I saw the um, the credits and it was Prince. And I was like, oh, I know Prince, you know, because I would hear my father would listen to um, Prince a lot at that time. Right. And so I knew that I had heard him before. And now I had a face to go with the music that I had been listening to through my father. Um, Were you pleased? Yes. And so I just started like this <laughs> lifelong, <laughs> everlasting until I am, you know, dirt <laughs> love affair <laughs> with this man. And, you know, then I became like as obsessed as I could. And I started trying to find out more about him. I would look through my father's records to find, you know, if he had any more of Prince's stuff. Um, time went on. I really didn't necessarily put a lot of people on my wall, but I, and, you know, and I didn't have like, um, you know, a lot of my sweethearts on the wall or anything like that. But I would have Prince's album covers and he would also have these inserts in his albums and I would take the inserts out and put them on the wall. Um, So it wasn't necessarily that I was always looking at him, but I was looking at his music and his lyrics. That's what I would have most often. You were thinking of him. Yeah. It was on your mind. Yeah. Because, you know, so for for listeners who haven't um, heard us interview a Thirst Object before, one of the questions we always ask is, you know, who was, here you are a Thirst Object, but what was, who was on your wall when you were growing up? Like whose photo did you rip out of magazines? Mm -hmm. Whose posters did you order? Who did you idly doodle on in your ring binder? Um, I know I'd, I had, I have an embarrassing memory and I was too old to be having a photo of a boy on my ring binder, but I, 
I remember I, 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 I stuck it on there with a little glue stick and I would look at it sometimes during like A-levels and A-levels for people who don't know, you're a big person by then. I should not have been having a photo of a boy. But anyway, I love the way people um, always kind of display their love. Mm hmm. It's such a, like human beings are incredibly predictable and we do the things that we like and more often than not the thing that we like is things millions of other people also like and i always just love this rite of passage to kind of cut out a photo stick it somewhere just to look at a sort of object that belongs or is representative of the person that you are kind of really obsessed with and really thinking about. And I love the idea of you kind of papering your walls with like album inserts. Yeah. Just so you can look at it to make you feel closer to Prince. Yeah, like the um, Purple Rain had, um, you know, the image that comes up at the end of the video for When Doves Cry. And it is, you know, the wide eyes and there's like a little tear that falls down or whatever. So oh inside, <laughs> inside the album, was that p image of you know yeah. this um basically featureless face just the eyes and mouth and the tear and so that was on my wall because it was like if you know you know you know oh, God. <laughs> you are such a cornball if you know you know and if you don't know get to know good day <laughs> and like also there was just a way um so I actually, I rarely keep even like family photos out and stuff like that. Like if you come to my house, you will not see images of my family. And it's not because I dislike them or that I have a bad relationship with them. <laughs> but a lot of times, um, like my, in my previous experiences uh, as a young adult, when I would have these desk jobs, right? And I would have my family and my loved ones, you know, displayed on my desk then people will come and talk to me and try to ask me about my family and ask, you know, like, who is that? And then you start, like, making assumptions about who the per person is or whatever. And I just really did not want to have that conversation. And so um, as I was developing my love for Prince, that was also happening. So I would have these pictures up on my wall or something like that. And then, you know, my family would see them or visiting family would see them. And they'd be like, what do you know about Prince? And then we have to have, like, this discussion about me uh -huh. being this young woman listening or young girl, rather, listening to Prince and whether that was appropriate or not or, like, how what was it about him that I liked and like trying to figure me out. And I did not want to have that discussion. So instead I would just like, just have these little coded things up on the wall so uh -huh. that I knew what they were and nobody else, you know, they might be like, huh? Oh, that's a pretty picture with the tear. Are you sad? And then, you know, I just kind of <laughs> like, no, and I would leave it at that. <laughs> nice. um, but I just really, I don't want always to engage in conversations about the pieces of me that I have on display. I want to say, um, again, for listeners who don't know, I've said this before, but if you don't know, I'm going to say it. Nicole, deep down, I firmly believe that you are Nigerian <laughs> because nobody is more secretive <laughs> about everything. Sometimes needlessly, I'm like, but why is that a secret? And Nigerians are masters and mistresses of just not giving you information it's like you need you know what you need to know good day like that's the end of it and i just love this idea of you like challenging people like what <laughs> nothing and then walking away and that to me is the epitome of the green white green so i don't know you're never going to do a 23 of me because no trust right anything. no but here's what i i say this and i know it in my head i'm like mm, i feel like your people are from i want to say ocean state like i just i can see it you're definitely Yoruba, definitely Yoruba. And I'm just like, mm, okay. 
So whenever whenever they have a safe way of testing and shit, yeah. I will I will be vindicated because we're gonna see West Africa looming large, <laughs> and within that we're gonna see Nigeria. I just I, know it. anyway. Look, I definitely want Henry Louis Gates to like you know help me find my people. Um, Listen, so. I, I I have no doubt, and I I feel like also among them will be a, a kind of a light skinned sprite that looks not unlike Prince, <laughs> which will explain maybe <laughs> so much because I really like if you took all of my official boyfriends like people that i have actually been in committed relationships with um uh-huh. they all have a prince element the big eyes uh-huh. the prominent mole on their face uh-huh. on their faces um the skinny slim build but that's a little you cut love a bit yeah you love a yeah bit of it. um relatively short stature from some uh-huh. of them um you know every now and then there's like a big tall giant but for the most anomaly. yeah but for the <laughs> most part they are short Public-like. yeah yeah um uh-huh. yeah so there's something like physical from prince that goes into all of these men that i have been like i love you forever let's get married so prince is you could say sorry about this uh science kids the mitochondrial dna <laughs> of all of your thirst <laughs> yes from the age of about six yes. till forever yes ain't that a thing yes <laughs> wow that laugh is full of knowledge wow i mean you that? know like i just i i had to learn myself and i had to learn to be okay mm-hmm. with that like that's what i like sorry, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you but i had to learn myself just made me chuckle i'm sure you did friend i'm sure you did <laughs> I want to talk about another uh, musician, mm-hmm. number two in this uh, mitochondrial DNA uh, search. Yes. Now, this guy is largely unknown to me. Like, I know, like, maybe two, maybe three songs. Mm-hmm. It was not the kind of music that I was listening to, like, uh, in a way that I would know. He didn't cross over mm-hmm. in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, of course, talking about um, a foundational light skin uh, club member. <laughs> I'll be sure. Yes, I'll be Listen. sure. He was a, you know, late 80s, early 90s R&B god. Okay. Oh, uh, my gosh. <laughs> a god. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I was in fifth grade. So I was about 10 years old. So this is 87, mm-hmm. 87, 88, something like that. And I have a very clear memory of me being in English class. Right. Taking the piece of chalk and writing Nicole loves Al B and then drawing the heart around it. Wow. On the board. (laughs) So you were living in a Sweet Valley High original documentary. Full on. And like this was like in the middle of my teacher teaching. You know, I was just like, fuck whatever you're talking about. I don't want to hear. This love cannot be contained. I have to put it out into the world. (laughs) I don't want to know about where the red fern grows. I am talking about (laughs) I'll be sure right now. You said, hey, miss, fuck the red fern. Let's talk about the things that matter. Wow. Oh my gosh. So his first single and hit is Night and Day. It is timeless, okay? Timeless. <laughs> you can play that shit in the year 2248. Yes. 
and it will still sound like a fresh jam. Yes. You couldn't play that when Beethoven was out there tinkling the fucking ivories and you'd be like, what the hell is this? It just sounds so good. And the video, okay, I'll be sure. I don't know how tall he is. He might be like six feet, something like that. You know, fairly average height, I think. Um, Shut up, what? Six foot is not average. Get the fuck out. You tall people say all sorts of nonsense. And we let you ride because you're tall. But fuck you. I can't believe you said that. Six feet, you know, average. Get out of my house. What? Well, I don't think think a man is tall until he's like six two. So why don't you take that wrong uh, information? (laughs) I'll put it in a bucket and send it out to see. I hate tall girls so much. But I'm not even tall. Like I'm 5'6". I'm very average height. That's not average. What are you talking about? 5'6 is not average for a woman. You, you keep using words. And I'm like, Nicole, as a writer, you know words mean things. You cannot say 5'6. That's average. It's not. That's like saying Beyonce is the average woman. Like, what are you talking about here? It's like, it's like looking at Megan the style, like, kind of going, oh, yeah, those seem like standard average features for anyone to have. Like, what are you doing right now? No. Okay, so he might have been like six feet. I don't I don't know. That's the better sentence. Good job. Okay. Let's leave average out of this. Yes. Um, and he was a solid build. Like, I think he used to play football. He talked about maybe playing football before he started his music career or whatever. Um, But in the video for Night and Day, and again, remember, this is like 87. Okay. So he had on some acid wash. Wait. I think at one point, because obviously there were outfit changes. But at one point, he had on some acid wash jeans that I think had stirrups on them. Because that was very popular (laughs) at the time. (laughs) What was fashion? What were we doing? Everyone was high. I love it. And he had no socks on. And he had like some little slippered shoes or whatever. Slipper shoes. Even you saying that is making me laugh. um, Like some loafers, right? That's, yeah. And then I think he had on maybe an acid wash uh, denim jacket. There was definitely some acid wash happening. Always. Anyway, so he would be singing along to the music, and he's like standing in place, and he's moving his shoulders, and it, you know, it was just—I don't know—it was mesmerizing. Okay, and he was—you um, know—he was a solid boy. He was more than I was like. I wasn't really into like bigger guys like that yeah, and he wasn't already got in there. exactly um but i liked everything that i saw i just felt like he was very powerful even as a 10 year old i was like mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my friend hannah calls uh, a solidly built uh man hmm. in in her creepiest voice she says "Ooh, a healthy boy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a healthy boy okay and then the thing is okay so many people talk bad about him for this. Uh-huh. He has a very prominent feature on his face that again what is his prominent feature. I have talked about before. Uh-huh. He had very thick eyebrows and they were it was a monobrow. Okay. It was like right. just straight across his face. But he tried to like sure. separate it and do like a little line between um <laughs> between the eyebrows and then the little center piece of hair. Um oh, <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I love that thing. I love the monobrow. I just, wow. I was like, yes, because it was unusual for me. Like I had not seen anybody with a brow like that. Um, I liked the fact that he did not try to shave it or, you know, remove the 
whole thing. Right. Um, he may have done so at this point in his life, but I don't know. You know, like at the time when he was popular, he just let it rock. And I love that, that. Was that was hot to you? Yes. What was hotter, the, the monobrow itself or the fact that he let it rock? The fact that he let it rock. Wow. You know? Um, mm. And obviously celebrity and celeb image was very different at that time than it is sure. now where everyone has like uh, bleached white teeth and, you know, mm-hmm. everyone kind of tends to look the same or they have the crowns, uh, crowns on their teeth, whatever. You know, what? it was very different um, where like as soon as you have this thing that you wanted to change, you finally are able to get it changed, you know? Right. But he let that stay and like for the rest of his you know, fairly brief career because he did have maybe two or three albums that came out and then he kind of like faded into, you know, mid to late 90s obscurity and he became a a radio DJ, um, Mm -hmm. which is what he's doing now. But Mm -hmm. at the time, I was just like, yes, you don't have to change yourself. You are fine the way you are. And I... Somewhere in the middle of your thirst, there was empowerment (laughs) as a message. Yeah, it was him. It was I'll wow. be sure. And it, you are so progressive, Nicole. <laughs> I'm listening to you and I'm just like, there's a 10-year-old out there kind of going, uh, I like that monobrow because it shows that he doesn't have to change. Yes. So I'm going to move on to your third uh, foundational building block, your... Your building block, your DNA, oh, brother, sorry, your <laughs> mitochondrial DNA, a.k.a. the mother DNA. Now, this one I feel very strongly about. I've said this before. I am not necessarily someone who, generally speaking, is like, ooh, light skin. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I, I am myself uh, of the darker persuasion. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am myself a little brown bean. Like, I'm so, I, listen, I love my complexion. I think, and this is the other thing, when people kind of say stuff, I'm like, I've never understood when people say we're not beautiful fam. I'm stunning. <laughs> I am a beautiful dark skinned person and I love a beautiful dark skinned man. Like it's I love all of that. However, mm-hmm. every so often mm-hmm. I wake up and I think, huh, I think it's gonna be a light skinned day. <laughs> one of the reasons <laughs> one of the reasons for that is your third uh foundational block of uh pop culture desire. Mm-hmm. And I remember when this man was <laughs> first released as though he is some kind of limited edition cd but when he was first released i was like Homst the fuck girl is that guy girl tell me about maxwell nicole maxwell oh my god till the cops come knocking <clears throat> uh-huh <laughs> deliver a lecture till the cops like you were at a poetry reading this next poem is called till the cops (laughs) i think that came out right as i was going into college Uh um so like 95 ish something like that 96 i can't remember but whatever mid 90s a good era yes fantastic era for music and for light-skinned dudes making music (sighs) maxwell when i say that that man Okay, if Prince has stamped himself on, you know, my romantic interest, Maxwell is like 
the 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 sealant on top of the stamp so that it doesn't wow. go anywhere. Wow, you are a carpenter out here today. You are bringing me technical terms from DIYville. The sealant. Go on, tell me more about the sealant. That wild, he had wild, curly, fro, big big hair. Yes, yes. It was thick. The coils, like he had... uh, (laughs) Sorry, we are many months into quarantine and I am just feeling a lot of feelings. Go on. (laughs) He had this incredible wide mouth like when he yes. sang when he talked it is maxwell it is maxwell i know you love a person with a big mouth i didn't realize it was maxwell bass it is maxwell wow wow i'm learning so much bitch it's just like <laughs> she just called me a bitch wow it is so his mouth okay okay so when i <laughs> You know, All I right. had, uh, okay, this is TMI. Uh-huh. Are we going to cut this TMI? I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. But, you know, I had small boobs. Very small boobs. <laughs> Carry on. Um, <laughs> and when I would see Maxwell. Oh, my God. I know what you're about to say. Okay, okay, so do you remember when I asked <laughs> Rahul Kohli, when we had him as a guest, if he'd ever been slapped in the face with a boob? Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> Naturally. Shout out to you, Rahul. <laughs> the fantasy of that came from my first exposure to Maxwell. And just and his big mouth. Yes. Wow. Okay, well, I'm going to take a moment to process that. <laughs> But his, um, his, and again, here's another man with this falsetto voice, singing uh-huh. voice, and a relatively deeper, smoother, you know, sexier speaking voice. And he right. spoke uh, fairly slowly, like he was careful and taking his time to... Deliberate, Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Woo! This is... Quite the adventure today. I am sweating. Okay. Then, okay. Till the cops come knocking. His first uh-huh. single, the thing that put him on the map. Uh-huh. The video, again, rocked my world because at one point he is on the floor. It looks like a hotel room or something or some kind of, you know, very mid-90s like vintagey looking thing there's like lots of right. orangey yellow sunburnt whatever kind of shit uh-huh. sienna and sepia yeah <clears throat> so he is laid out on the floor and there's a woman standing over him and you just see like him grabbing her ankle she has on some strappy heels and he's grabbing her ankle and basically like begging her you know based mm-hmm. on Another his nicole a nicole motif there it is <laughs> there it is <laughs> Wow. Insight upon insight today. Oh, my gosh. And, like, the just... Mm. And then, like, there's a... <laughs> there's a you n- are doing a chef's kiss motion right now. You are bunching up your fingers and pressing them to your lips. And I love this. There's another video of him in a bathtub with just a cowboy hat on. <laughs> like, yes, I know that photo. <laughs> you're making yourself laugh because you know what you're saying. is yes. ridiculous. <laughs> and I am just... Like, I... Again, remember just sitting in front of the screen when, you know, his videos would come on and just I was entranced 
And my first job out of college and it's the year 2000, I am basically like a college advisor back at uh-huh. my alma mater. And so it was a group of us, uh, you know, in the room and we had our own little like cubicles and whatever. And so on my wall uh-huh. was a picture of Maxwell that I had torn. I believe it was Essence magazine. Of course. And it's a well-known fountain of black woman. Thirst. Yes. <laughs> And it really, it was just his face and his hair, you know, like there was no, I mean, it was just this beautiful close up of him and that mouth. And, you know, he had kind of thickish eyebrows. Yes, he Um, did, I remember. And, you know, again, the hair, and the hair was like thick and you could see like different curl patterns in it, which was very significant for me because I had a lot of, I have a lot of curl patterns in my hair. So I was like, oh, that's nice because usually... When you see a black person who has, uh, you know, these curls that are like really defined, there's a specific uh-huh. type of curl that gets highlighted. Yes. Speak on that. <laughs> and so it was very rare for me to see anyone with hair like mine, even though I uh-huh. don't I don't necessarily have like a particular unique you know, curl pattern. Well, but it's it's not about the uniqueness. It's about just seeing it somewhere. Yes. And so Maxwell was probably the first person. And, you know, I hope I'm not exaggerating. Hopefully there's somebody I've just I'm not able to recall. But I just I remember thinking at the time he was the first person that I saw with his hair out that looked like my natural hair Uh at the time. Um, Right. I I hear that. I think for me, Maxwell was one of those people that I knew some of his music. But what most captivated me was actually his face mm. and his hair mm-hmm. and yeah the voice but like i remember seeing him and being arrested mm-hmm. and i remember because it felt like everyone had a poster of maxwell's urban hang suite like yes. it was just like that record it felt like every auntie every teenage girl prepubescent girl every single black person especially if they were a woman or a girl was kind of like Maxwell's cute. <laughs> He's very cute. You know what I mean? Like it was yes. almost coy. Like, can anyone else see? Like, sure, the music is stellar. Wow, what a beautiful, soulful sound. Right. But also, the person making it is quite beautiful. And he is I mean, I remember it because when he cut his hair off, Oof. a whale went out across the land. I felt like I was a Jedi, like touching the earth tentatively, <laughs> like something bad happened here. Like I know something just happened because there was like a collective wail of no, because his hair was so important. Like the whole package, of course, but the hair was a big part of that. He's so beautiful. Like he looked like the epitome of like beautiful youth. Yes. Yes. And and to have that gone just was like, oh, well, I guess that's the end of an era. Yes. (laughs) My shriek was a part of those wails that you heard because I was very upset. And, you know, also his aesthetic when he came out was very mod, you know. Um, uh-huh. And so I... Slightly crunchy mod. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, I really liked that um, vibe that he had. And, you know, he was trying to be a little mysterious too. You know, he didn't really want people like delving into his background and finding out yes. anything about his history um, and all of that. So when he cut his hair, I, it also seemed like his style of music went through some changes that weren't yeah. great. You know, I think he was also, wow. <laughs> I think that he was just also just trying to, um, 
what most people do, like when they're known for one thing, like when you're only known for this and you want to know, will you still like me if this I, if this thing is gone? Yes. You know? Um, AKA the Disney child style makeover. Yes, yes. And so I, I <laughs> yes. get it. And like his second album, Embrya, a lot of people did not care for, but I loved Embrya. I thought it was uh-huh. beautiful. But to go back to Urban Hang Suite, what, I, uh-huh. what really appealed to me about it was that it was... Um, he said that it was about meeting somebody, falling in love and spending the weekend with them. And, you know, like it was a whole story. Each song was connected together and it was a uh-huh. story. That's hence the sweet. You know, it was all of. Uh, oh, I see. It was a suite of feelings. I see. Yes. I see. I'm getting it now. Uh-huh. Real, 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 real delicate work there, Maxwell. Thanks. Yeah. So I really like that, um, that he had put that kind of thought into his debut album, um and that it was everything was connected or whatever um uh-huh, uh-huh. also it was very sexy and then yes very sexy love jones the movie came out Oof, another of your favorite yes, foundational yes which obviously stars your your friend lorenz tate yes who was mm, to somebody else <laughs> that i love to pieces okay i know you do i've seen you fall to i've seen you fall to pieces yes. when you talk about lorenz <laughs> There's a lot to fall too. He's very, very cute. He's super wow. cute. And again, right? A little slight diminutive man. Um, yes. You love you a pocket rocket. You love it. But on that soundtrack was uh-huh. a, uh, it was a song that was playing when Nina and Darius in the movie finally get together and have sex. So there's uh-huh. always like, Maxwell's just always been associated with like sex and love and romance uh-huh. and heartache and stuff like that in various different ways. So I I love, I, I, I love him to pieces. So Maxwell. And so what, as we, you know, realized a little earlier, what I take from Maxwell that I apply to the rest of the men that I find attractive now in my full uh-huh. adulthood uh-huh. is that wide mouth. Yeah. Every time you say wide mouth, I chuckle because the first time you said it, I was like, what? You were like, Bim, I just I just love a big mouth. I love a wide mouth. And I was like, excuse me. And you were so serious about it. You were like, here's you. It was like you were giving me the keys to the kingdom. You were like, so listen, you're going to learn some things about me. And I'm just going to tell you right now. I love a wide. You said it in a sort of hushed. I love a wide mouth. And I was like, I thought I'd misheard. I said, sorry, what? And you, re- you, re- you reiterated it. And then every so often, whenever I see someone with a wide mouth, I think, mm, Nicole would be very happy here. Yeah. I mean, that's Charlie Cox has a wide mouth, I think. Yeah. Um, I love a bit of that. Yeah. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what was that sound? Wow. Wow. You know what? Somehow seeing your face while you made that sound was incredibly intimate. Please don't make that sound at me again. Wow. Okay. So, yes. So, at those different parts in my, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, my development. Yes. Your development. Yes. 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 So, very early on, it was Prince. Uh Then, in my adolescent stage, it was I'll Be Sure. Because you love him in a heart. Yes. Yes. And Uh then, at my like very early 20s, formulative kind of Uh stuff. Again, Maxwell. So I have this light skin trifecta that That's my favorite thing, by the way. When we were discussing this, yes. you said, Oh yes, my light skin trifecta. And I just thought, ladies and gentlemen, folks, she really is a poet. I 
can see I can see it. I what I also love about this is that again, this idea of what's formative doesn't always happen in childhood. Mm-hmm. And I am very much I mean, we talk about this a lot on the show about how you see something and a lot of the time you don't even know you like something mm-hmm. until it's articulated. Mm-hmm. Um and things occur to you as you go through life. Like it's not all at once. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of thing that you are constantly rejigging and sort of like refashioning. And I love that about this particular uh discussion because we are talking about the fact that yeah what you liked when you were a child for sure has an impact on what you like when you get older but along the way you are refining you are adding you are taking away yes and i love that it seems to me that thirst is very much alive sorry to be serious about this (laughs) for a moment but i like to think of thirst as a sort of uh ongoing project it is something what you're doing is checking in on yourself yes as you said, learning yourself. We don't just mean the naughty way, <laughs> but like a way to kind of like re-establish what you like, what you don't like. It's a way of checking in with yourself. And again, not to get too self-serious about it, but it is a very soft yet grand form of self-care. Yes. Because self-knowledge is a big part of self-care because you begin to understand what you like, mm-hmm. what you need. Mm-hmm. And also, just as important, what you do not like, what you do not need. Right. Because, you know, like I mentioned, the guys who are sockless and loafers, I don't necessarily like the type of guy who (laughs) dresses like that, but it puts me in the mind of a place when I was younger and I did like somebody who dressed like that. So it always gives me pause and then I'm able to be like, nope, I don't like you and move on, you know, Uh as I was thinking about uh, this episode and the other things that were kind of like foundational for me. Um, again, you know, I have a sister who is about seven years older than I, I am, and I would watch a lot of the stuff that she was watching. And so I'm watching things like Welcome Back, Cotter. I'm watching, um, you know, we talked about when we um, talked about Dan Levy and his father, Eugene Levy. I was watching stuff like that. So, um, and then Fame, right? So I'm watching Fame with my sister and these kinds of things. So present day, even to this day, when I see a man who I assume is Jewish with dark curly hair, like big curly <laughs> hair, it is yeah. because of those shows that I was watching with my sister or the things, you know, those old reruns or something like that. And so uh-huh. I had an affinity for the, you know, those men. They were funny. They were, you know, the one that were positioned as being handsome or they were the star of the show. And so uh-huh. when I see someone who kind of looks like them now, I'm like, oh, yeah. He's right. cute. A little bell goes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like, familiarity doesn't necessarily mean you like something. And recognition doesn't also mean that this is what I want. It's just that it's a recognition of like, oh, that used to be something that I liked. And also it puts you more than liking the thing. It puts you in a frame of mind to see what else you like. I think about, you know, the, 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 the loafer look also is not something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. But it without fail, whenever I see a man <laughs> wearing like loafers with no socks, I'm always thinking of a bad guy from an 80s movie. <laughs> for a long time that's who wore sockless loafers like yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like there were all these weird connections that people make and a good way to kind of like check in on something you know i talk about this all the time and i will you know we're gonna we're gonna do a sort of reversal of this episode where i talk about my foundational crushes i can't wait to this day i mean listen <laughs> to this day i have certain things that i'm kind of like oh i know where this was born it's trash but it's here yes yes (laughs) and so it's an important thing where and also the other thing to remember is that sometimes what you like doesn't even come in a good package yes it just is what you like because it happened at a time before you knew that we were a terrible package yes 
But I love this episode because you basically got to really kind of <laughs> set out a, a chalkboard and draw in minute detail an anatomical heart with you and your various light skin trifecta men inside of it. And I am Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have revealed too much as usual. No, you have revealed just enough. And I feel like thirst buckets are just like, oh, so that's why Nicole is that way. Cool. Good to know. All right, Nicole, listen, I feel like we uh, took a very deep swim in some (laughs) of the waters that are known as Lake Nicole. God, that sounds filthy. And I don't. Yes, I'm so sorry. Wow. Um, But speaking of waters, let's take a quick dip in Minnetonka. I appreciate that we got to there. Listen, you know what? Sometimes I don't even need the teeing up, but you really teed that up for me. So thank you so much. Um, I'm excited because this week the Drabbles are about your very specific like thirst um, uh, objects inside a very specific thirst universe, which Mm -hmm. is to say these are the people that kind of built, built the muscle, as it were of your thirst and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what you're going to do with them and this week <laughs> well I am sure it will surprise no one that my drabble <laughs> is about Prince shut up um, no who could have seen that coming no shocking shocking <laughs> um but I do want to say that you know it's not I don't know I feel like people are probably expecting me to have some kind of weird freaky purple shit with the doves cooing in the background or something <laughs> but it's it's not it's like Oh, well, now I'm disappointed. I wanted cooing dogs. No, no. All jokes aside, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it's just kind of like um, an extended memory. I just kind of added Mm. something to something that did happen, and then I shaped it into something that could happen. I I love this look behind the candelabra. I love it. (laughs) Tell me more. I love it. Okay, I'm excited now. I'm excited because here's the thing. Beyond obviously fancying Prince mm-hmm. and him being a foundational like building block, mm-hmm. you really love Prince. I and do. That's exciting to me because I feel like a lot of the time when we are talking about thirst object, of course we love them in whatever fashion, whatever. But like you have loved Prince for most of your life. Yes, like when he passed, I remember mm. I was at. I had gone home. Why was I at home? I don't know why I was at home, but I was home and I was driving my mom around. And they started playing a Prince song and I just started crying in the oh. car and I felt so embarrassed and yeah. and almost ashamed. Um, Cause number one, I don't like crying. Like you don't, I don't You're like very crying. Cold. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it I makes don't... me feel, it makes me feel like a blubbering wreck every time your eyes are like resolutely dry and I am in floods and I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Great, great. This is good for me. Yeah. And I don't like crying in front of my mother because my mother is going to go full mother. Like, oh my God, what can I do? I don't like seeing my child in pain, you know, and there's nothing she could do with me crying over a stranger. Right. Like, I mean, like, right. you know, cause ultimately that's what he was but, but even if he was family there's nothing she can do like grief is grief and you feel right. it and the other person just has to kind of sit with you and it's right. difficult if that person is your mom so yeah all this to say i know how deeply you love prince and how much you miss him and that's the thing that excites me the most about this travel so i am ready whenever you are ready okay let's let's let me all right <clears throat> someone said prince would be here tonight but that can't be true This venue is way too small. 
there's no privacy even for the performers. Where could he possibly sit and remain unbothered? I sent my boyfriend to the bar to get me a drink and then there was a collective gasp. I looked up from the pool table I was barely paying attention to and I saw a circle of people surrounding someone. The group moved as a unit, a protective unit. It was him. In the middle of that rush of bodies, it was Prince. I freaked out. I should have been moving closer for the chance to get a look at him, but I moved further into the corner. I wanted to bite my nails, but I hadn't washed my hands, and this little club spot was nasty. Should I go wash my hands? Maybe so. I started to move away from my lonely corner when the group of Prince turned in my direction. Oh no. Oh no. A path cleared in front of him. I could see him. He could see me. Do I maintain eye contact? I don't think you're supposed to make eye contact. Someone broke free from his entourage and walked toward me. They were over six feet tall with the smoothest bald head I'd ever seen. They wore gold bangles up and down their right arm and large gold hoops pierced their ears. They stopped right in front of me, looked me up and down and said, you don't like Prince? My eyes fell out of my head and I almost swallowed my tongue. Yes, I love him, I choked out. Then why are you hiding? Because I am overwhelmed that he's here and we are breathing the same air. They nodded, looking pleased, and handed me a wristband and a flyer. Come to the after party. Bring a friend. Then they turned away and the circle reformed around Prince, but I could have sworn I saw him wink at me. That is a lovely story, Nicole. <sighs> thank you. Thank you. Oh. I was oh. at a club in Los Angeles and that mm-hmm. happened, obviously, up until the point where somebody broke through and like... Shocking. No, yeah. wait, that was made up? I couldn't... <laughs> no. No. Um, I think that if I had been invited to one of Prince's after parties, I would probably still be in the building right I now. I was going to say, I <laughs> feel as though your life would have diverged down a very particular path. Yes. Uh, maybe we wouldn't even be doing this podcast. I maybe. Feel like, I feel like if you had received a wristband and an invite to one of Prince's after parties, you might could be living in Minneapolis right now. Listen. I just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He would still be living. I know that. Listen. I know that. I, all I'm going to say is, I mean, I'm glad that wasn't a response, but I'm still sad that you didn't get the life that could have been. Um, that was lovely, Nicole. Wow. Thank that you. was actually, I actually, I was caught up in the wonder. I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But I want to hear who you're going to talk about, because I don't know that any of these are, you know, I don't know if they strike your fancy. You don't know my life, Nicole. You don't know everything. (laughs) As far as you know, me and I'll be sure have been in a secret marriage for many years. (laughs) Um, No, I hear you. And when you when you first said, you know, you said your as you call them, your light skin trifecta. Mm -hmm. I kind of was like, "Mm, there's already a stumbling block here. Yes. Yes. I know you don't really you know, you don't care for the for the blushable brothers. I love a deep brown. I just, I will say, I managed because I was like, wait a goddamn minute. There was someone who mattered to me in a similar way in your lineup. And of course, I am talking about Maxwell. Yes. Because Uh I went through a phase of loving a lot of uh, that kind of urban hang suite music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with 
little bit too hard is what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying I wore cowrie shells, but I am saying I was into a very specific smooth R&B that made me feel like I was important. And I feel like I'm sad that many people don't have that anymore. I'm really sad. I thought I came up during a wonderful time. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you because I definitely had some Ankh earrings that Listen, I wore all the time. I feel some you. Some Adinkra symbols. Yes, kind of like, yes. why not, fam? Why not? <laughs> Listen, I'm out here kind of like, do you know I'm Yoruba? Yes. Like, just out here <laughs> chatting shit. So all I'm saying is... <laughs> Maxwell means something to me, okay? Okay, That yes. album means a lot. Like, listen, don't ever... Don't, you don't have to worry. Listen, that man said... I, it put me yes. in a place, is what yes. I'm trying to say. So, I, Maxwell... I understand. Thank you. So, he's the person I've chosen to write my Drabble about today. This is the longest fucking intro no, into okay. a Drabble. No, it's okay. We can... We're feeling feelings. <laughs> We're feeling feelings. Let's lean into it. Okay. So, my, my, my Drabble is about Maxwell. It's very short. Well, I hope she said reading 700 words. But... I just, I wanted to feel, because I rarely put myself in situations where the famous person is famous in my drabbles. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I feel like part of Maxwell's earlier for me anyway is that he is famous, but like yeah. he's famous with so many black women. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of like honor that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. okay. All right, so let, let me begin. All right. We'd been sitting in the little nook just adjacent to the bar for about half an hour when the server dropped by again, this time with a glass of something amber. This is from the lady wearing the white dress over there, he announced quietly, inclining his head to the left. I followed the line of his shoulder. There was a small gaggle of women, looked to be in their mid-thirties, and with that Friday night energy that spoke of feeling good and letting loose. I turned back to Maxwell, whose cheeks were now stained by a blooming blush. It never ceased to tickle me that this sort of thing still embarrassed him, fans turning up in the most interesting places, each demanding something of him in their own way. He raised his eyes, flashing me a look that was part apology, part bashful tolerance, and then turned to the woman and her friends to send a salute of thanks. The women raised their glasses and fell into giggles as they waved, one of their evening's missions clearly accomplished. It never really got to me anymore, not after all this time. But tonight, I could feel a slight tinge of possessiveness at my fingertips. I moved and repositioned myself. Where I had been opposite him, now we were hip to hip. And then I deliberately draped one arm around his neck, curling myself into his side and reaching down to pick up the scent over drink. I took a sip, even though I hated scotch. I could feel his pleased surprise at this unusual staking of a claim. It was there in the small smile that now curved his lips, in the way his eyes fell to half-mast, in the way the hand on my shoulder tightened briefly. I smiled, needlessly victorious. I know a better bar, I said in a low voice. It's not far from here. The words hung in the air between us, and then Maxwell was tossing back the rest of his drink. Let's go, he said. Right now. It's very rare, but like I understand the ownership people feel about Maxwell. So I'm like, bitch, I was there first. Yes, yes. <laughs> you can send a scotch, but I have a whole bottle at home. Hey. <laughs> you know what? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I know yes, you do. I know yes. you. Lo you love a bit of possessive, like. I mm. do. You do. I, it's so wrong, but it's. So I, right. I like because the thing is, you always preempt it with kind of like I'm a feminist, and I'm like, friend, I understand. <laughs> I know. 
you don't have to explain yourself not after all this time but I still I appreciate you doing that all the while just like no no please I understand that this is ridiculous I just saying I love it <laughs> who's gonna arrest me right um anyway so there you have it lovely thirst buckets you have two options this week as with most weeks one is Nicole really sort of fashioning a life for herself in which her and Prince had a real connection in a bar in Los Angeles. <laughs> and the other one is similar. <laughs> it's also me and a superstar in a bar somewhere, but very different outcome. So <laughs> lean in, uh, have a little listen, think about, you know, which scenario particularly tickles your thirst fancy and then vote. We'll put up a poll on our Twitter at Thirst Aid Kit. Uh, we'll post that on a Friday. And you have all day to kind of think about it, let it sink in and choose your choice. But as we like to say, there are no losers here because we are everybody, all winners. Yes. we're all winners. <laughs> Everyone's a winner, baby. <laughs> all right. Wow. I'm going to go think about uh, both our drabbles, actually. I was actually quite pleased with both of those things. Yeah. I, and, you know, we've been really knocking them out the park this, I, uh, you know, listen, these last few episodes. I don't like to brag, but sometimes look at the material. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. 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 I, I was like, is she gonna? Is she gonna confirm? And yes. then you did. Okay. Good. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Thirst Aid Kit is a Slate production produced by Cher Vincent and us, Nicole Perkins and Bim Adewunmi. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at ThirstAidKid and we're on Tumblr at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. The show goes out every Thursday and there's a dedicated group of listeners who like to live tweet their listen. You can join them by using the hashtag TACPOD, that's T-A-K-P-O-D, or you can write us an email with all of your feelings to thirstaidkit at slate.com. If you want to use our first sommelier service, just send us a short, and we mean no longer than a minute, message. The number is 510-984-4778. That's 510-9-THIRST. Non-US Thirst Buckets can send us a very short voice note via email at thirstaidkit at slate.com. You can find all of our episodes and links to listen at slate.com slash podcasts. If you find yourself wishing you could get even more Thursday Kit content every week, well, now you can. All you have to do is become a Slate Plus member. Slate Plus is Slate's membership program. For just $35 for the first year, you'll get a little extra from this show and all other Slate shows. Plus, absolutely no ads. Visit slate.com slash plus to sign up. We're going to see you next week. Remember to stay thirsty and wear a mask. We love you. Bye. Bye.